Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Welcome. We're honored to receive even a goddess of fools. Is that all you can say? Well, here is my response. <sighs> Silence. Such a lovely dinner planned. Can we not have a more pleasant conversation? Dinner, you say? Yes, indeed. This very evening we plan to feast on the soul of a certain battle maiden. Villains, your sins lay heavy upon you, defiler of souls. All three of you shall die. Class is in session, and today we are talking some Valkyrie profile. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure pleasure of welcoming to the university creator and one of the co-hosts over at the Axe of the Blood God RPG podcast, resident of Valhalla, Cat Bailey. Welcome, Cat. How's it going? How you doing, Scott? Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Well, uh, great to have you on. Uh, Axe of the Blood God is a fantastic RPG podcast. Uh, I remember it back from when you guys were part of uh, US Gamer, and to see you guys kick in ass still uh, on the Patreon and more um, on your own front, it's great to see. So I'm glad you uh, agreed to come on my little podcast. So thank you so much right back. Well, I'm happy to support any podcast that sees the glory of RPGs. And so much glory. There is just so much glory in this genre. And it's the best genre, isn't it? I, I agree. There's something for everybody. There's something for everybody. Whether you like fantasy or sci-fi or historic or tabletop, all sorts of things, the RPG genre has it. And I think that's part of why I love it so, so much. But... We are here today to talk about Square Enix's 2000 uh, release of Valkyrie Profile, this, this is, or Valkyrie Profile Lenneth, the, PS, the eventual PSP uh, re-release that came out. But this game initially came out back in Japan on December 22nd, 1999, and made its way westward on August 29th of 2000. It would later see a PlayStation Portable re-release in Japan, uh, releasing on March 2nd, 2006, in, on July 18th, 2006, Europe got it on April 27th, 2007, and Australia got it on May 3rd, 2007. It also saw a iOS and Android port, releasing in Japan on March 22nd, 2018, and worldwide in May of that year, on May 28th, 2018, which, honestly, I don't even remember uh, the announcement of the mobile port, but good on them, I suppose. It wasn't very good. Not many of their uh, their mobile ports are, I feel like. No, I wouldn't say so. It was more, I, I think it was just a straight port of the PSP version for the most part. Uh, mm -hmm. It's definitely the weakest version of Valkyrie Profile that you can play. Unfortunately, it's also the most accessible at this point because it's kind of hard to find this co a copy of this game. 
yes, and even if you can, you're going to be shelling out a bunch of bucks. But just to kind of give you listeners a uh, glimpse on, or put you back in the mindset of some of the other fantastic games you could have been playing back in 2000 when you weren't afraid, or as you were recovering from Y2K. Uh, Some other games that released in 2000 were Diablo 2, Deus Ex, The Sims, Perfect Dark, Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of Am, Vagrant Story, Final Fantasy IX, Paper Mario, and of course, Donald Duck going quackers. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I didn't either, but it showed up when I searched games released, and I was like, we ha- I have to end on going quackers. Uh, this was a year that I actually had a full-time job for the first time, I think. I mean, I had one in 1999, but 2000, I, I had money. My pockets were overflowing with cash, and so oh, I was man. buying games like Deus Ex and Vagrant Story and Final Fantasy IX. Uh, this was my heyday, my peak. Ooh. Oh man, some some heavy hitting RPGs came out that year. Like looking back, mm-hmm. uh, I mean Diablo two. It's seeing its new uh, remastered version releasing later this year. Final Fantasy IX, always fantastic. Vagrant Story, grossly underrated game that more people should play. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2, of course. Um, Paper Mario had David Brevik, creator of Diablo, on to talk about uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door before. Um, it's oh, that sequel. must have been excellent. I'm sure he had some really great insight into the systems for that game. It was. It was really interesting because I asked him, so, as usual, what RPGs do you like? And I was thinking it was going to be kind of like a Baldur's Gate or more dark fantasy. And he's like, I, I really like Paper Mario Thousand Year Doors. Like, okay, want to talk about that then? That's uh, a unique one for sure. I know. But when I, I look at this list, uh, Diablo 2 and Baldur's Gate 2 both appeared on our top 25 RPGs of all time. And Final Fantasy IX consistently hailed as one of the great RPGs, uh, one of the more underrated RPGs in the series. And of course, I can't forget Deus Ex, which also appeared on our top 25 mm-hmm. RPGs. So 99 to 2001 was a crazy good time to be an RPG fan. Oh yeah, strong year. Strong contenders were released, to be sure. Um, and we are talking about yet another strong contender from that year, Valkyrie Profile. Now, Kat, what was your first experience with Valkyrie Profile? Like, was this a game you were really looking forward to, or did you kind of jump on board the the Lenneth and Valkyrie train later on? Well, this was around the time that I had a PlayStation, and I had fully gotten into RPGs, specifically console RPGs. So I was playing Final Fantasy VI, I was playing Final Fantasy VII, I was playing Final Fantasy VIII, I was playing a lot of Final Fantasies. And I was just on the point that any RPG was going to be automatically of interest to me, but I've always been drawn to really good sprite art. And mm-hmm. I'm reading IGN, as I am want to do at this time, and I read a preview for a Japanese game. It's a Japanese RPG, and it has this beautiful sprite art, and it has combo inputs, which was not something that I had seen at the time. I was mostly used to strict command-based RPGs. Mm-hmm. And this was pretty much everything that I had ever wanted. And I had been and I was really intrigued by the premise, which was that a goddess of death, a Valkyrie, goes around and collects the souls of dead soldiers, dead warriors, whatever, and adds them to her party as Ragnarok is approaching. And I was like, I'm in. I love this art. I love this concept. I'm going to buy this game (laughs) because this is when previews still worked as a concept. Mm -hmm. 
I couldn't wishlist it on Steam or anything. I just had to wait until it came out at Best Buy, and which I did. The day it came out, I got in my car and I drove over and I picked up a copy because I had a lot of disposable income at that time, as <laughs> I might have already mentioned. And I started playing it, and the first thing that went through my mind as I played it was, this is the best game I have ever played. And <laughs> I don't know if that's the case necessarily, but I still retain a lot of fondness in my heart for Valkyrie Profile. I've beaten it many times over the years, and the most recent being just last year in commemoration of its tw- of the 20th anniversary of its release in North America. Yeah. I remember uh, with me, I remember picking it up because at this time I was a big fan of Final Fantasy um, as well. And I remember not being super familiar with it. So I rented it a few times at uh, my local video store and thought it was really interesting just because I was expect coming from a, a heavier Final Fantasy background. I was expecting more of the turn base. So when I got hit with platforming and running and jumping and all the more action elements of this game i was kind of taken aback because i hadn't really sunk my teeth this was before i got into the the tales of series before i got into star ocean all the more all, all the other like big name action rpgs that would later i would fall in love with um, yeah, well, Tales of was still quite new at this time. I think we had Tales of Destiny at this point. We definitely had Tales of Fantasia. So we were start- just starting to get into that. And then also, how, what was it uh, that you were just... Oh, Star Ocean. Star Ocean, the second story, came around. Yeah. But it was generally regarded as being uh, quite janky as an mm-hmm. RPG. So yeah. a lot of those games were flying under the radar. I just... Uh, when it came to the platforming, I really appreciated that it was just a different flavor from your typical RPG. Because mm-hmm. while I enjoyed menu-based games, I kind of wanted also that traditional uh, RPG, or I, I, I wanted kind of that traditional action platformer feeling in them yeah. as well. So I thought that Valkyrie Profile struck the balance uh, quite well, and I still think that for the most part the the dungeons overstay their welcome just a little bit but Mm -hmm. the they're all unique and different in their own way so they they're not exactly monotonous yeah um kind of speaking on a point you also made was this game has such beautiful sprite art and the backgrounds it is it's a it's a late era playstation one game which you can clearly tell with just how refined and how well done and beautiful this game is. Yeah, I would say that it's probably one of the most beautiful sprite art-based games ever. Um, Somebody who is maybe more of a connoisseur of sprite art might push back against this, but I think it's even better than Suikoden 2, which is often held up as one of the gold standards from that era. It's just absolutely gorgeous, especially... Mm -hmm when you're seeing them doing their uh, their limit breaks, their purified weird souls mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. They ha- they're constantly showing off with little animated flourishes at various points. Uh, whether like, Usually when a character is falling to their knees and, and mourning and crying over their dead loved one, because there's a lot of that in Valkyrie Profile. I'm, I should mention that I was a very depressed kid when this game came out. So it's sadness and depression really spoke to me. It made me <laughs> want to write poems. It's so a good muse game talking, talk yes. about battle maidens and stuff. Good, good things to be 
pull inspiration from, I think, for sure. Um, so this game has a huge cast of characters that you can recruit, these souls that you can uh, rescue and bring to your side to help fight against Ragnarok. What are some of the big ones that stand out to you or that you really gravitated towards? You're going to make me look up a list of uh, the best characters in Valkyrie Profile. <laughs> um, some of the ones that I always use are Alia, who mm-hmm. is, uh, she's a spear user, and she can be a little difficult to use at first, but if you get her the right spear, she can do quite a lot of damage. You just have to be able to set up the right combo uh, for her. I also really like Jail. Jail is a character who initially poses... She's a woman who poses as a man to be a knight and is revealed to be a woman just as she dies. And then she turns out to be a very good party member. I enjoyed having her on my team very much. Um, there are a lot of other characters who are fairly hard uh, to use. For example, Gray isn't very good. He's this knight who is in um, empty armor. I, I thought Cashel was a lot better. Uh, Cashel is a... Um, uh, he's just a warrior who, with, a, with a sword. A lot of these people mm-hmm. have swords, but he's basically just a knight. And I, I had remembered him being quite good, but actually I found him rather hard to use. I'm look, There's a tier list that somebody made uh, on a blog, and the, the people that they put at the very top are like Lucian, who is one of the most major characters in the game, Armgrim, who's mm-hmm. in your party no matter what the entire game, and has a very large sword and is easy to combo with. Um, and Oh, yes, and Lawfer, who has a um, kind of a poleaxe. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so there are a lot, of, a lot of different options. Some are ranged, some are magical, some are, uh, some are just straight-up brutes who come in and punch you in the face. What's funny is that they used basically the entire cast list from Pokemon. I think <laughs> that the actress who plays Ash Ketchum in the Pokemon, the four kids version of Pokemon, plays at least three different characters in Valkyrie Profile. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they all sound exactly like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> well, you're kind of catching souls. I guess you are. I got to catch them all. Putting yeah. them into to- your little Pokeballs. You just... You just don't see that in uh, the the actual gameplay. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bit darker of a tone because you got to catch them all so they can stop Ragnarok and the destruction of everything. So a bit yeah. darker tones. And I mean... Just a little bit, but... Just a, just a, I, tan, just a tinge. Arngrim, <laughs> I choose you. Yeah. Use Fury Swipes. I mean, that's basically what he's doing is using Fury Swipes. It's just with a sword, so... I mean, sword Pokemon, so you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this was the age, like, the bigger the sword, the cooler your character just instantly becomes. Because this is post-Final Fantasy VII, so the cool factor and how good a character is, is completely determined, or based, on how cool and big of a sword he has, or they have. For sure. And And Argum is pretty cool. I I enjoyed him and his story. But it's the mages who kind of do the best uh amount of damage i would say if you can oh, find yeah. the right mage who can and give them an elemental scepter they can do a lot of damage mm-hmm. yes yes they can um so with 
you you had mentioned that you've played through this a bunch. Um, I'm guessing you had picked this up and uh, played it on PSP as well. I didn't actually because I had I still had it on my PlayStation. In fact, I still have it to this day. So I would just periodically pop it into the PS2 or whatever or PS3 in this case and play through the original Valkyrie profile because that's the best way to play it ultimately. Uh, and when I say the PSP version Valkyrie profile Lenith came out right around the same time as uh, Sumeria. Mm-hmm. So I was more focused on the sequel at the time than I was on the original. But the PSP version is interesting because I believe that it has some very notable differences from uh, the PS1 version. Oh, it does? Yes, it does. Um, for one thing, I think how it handles inventory and that kind of thing Uh is quite different it doesn't have the improved menus from the us ps1 version um and it doesn't have the anime cutscenes from the original it has cg scenes instead and i kind of like the anime cutscenes mm-hmm. actually and then also because it wasn't 16.9 uh they basically just kind of blew it up so it's a little blurry interesting so that's the version i have that i that i've spent the most time with was the psp version um but interesting. I didn't realize that that, mm-hmm. that 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 they had made those changes. Hmm. It's not optimal, but I mean, it's a way to play it. <laughs> yeah. It's, at least you can play it and it's not the mobile version, so. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, if you want to play the mobile version, you definitely have to have a controller at the very least. Mhm. Agreed. Agreed. Um but it does have higher res art, so there is that. Oh, and you can skip cutscenes. That's kind of neat. Oh, very nice. Uh, one thing that I, I, we talked a bit about the the pixel art uh, a little bit ago, but I absolutely love the character portraits in this game too. Like the drawn stuff. Mm, they're Such very expressive, good, aren't they? Oh yeah. Like each, all the characters have different portraits uh, with different emotions and stuff. Um, really impressive. And I just, I love the, just the aesthetic that they went with uh, for the, the drawing yeah it's anime but it definitely is a a distinct look right i mean Mm -hmm. it doesn't fall into your uh typical anime category how how would i even describe it it has kind of a a renaissance or baroque look to it i suppose yeah um yes i think baroque is the right kind of description it's kind of a hybrid of anime and western medieval art that Mm -hmm. really gives it just this unique aesthetic that kind of got lost in valkyrie profile samaria unfortunately yeah, I think that shift to everything being 3D was definitely to uh was not to its benefit. Um No, and I think having these those large expressive character portraits really helped drive home a lot of the uh, you know, every single one of the stories of the characters dying is basically mm-hmm. a different kind of gut punch, so they really drive yeah. home the tragedy and the sadness and the emotion for all of them. <laughs> Was there a particular kind of character's story that you mm. that like you can still remember? Like when you think Valkyrie Profile, your mind goes back to that to their that character's story. Uh, yeah, there's some some really good ones. Uh, one of my favorites involves Cashel, and Cashel is part of a 
kind of a group of warriors who are traveling throughout the world in this particular game. And Cashel is, they all die at various points. And it's really sad, actually. Like, you know, sometimes they die in a tragic way. Sometimes they just die because a quest went wrong, right? They got stabbed right through the heart. That's what happens to uh, Cashel. And there's this one girl who's traveling with all of them. Sorry if I don't remember her name off the top of my head. that's fine. She is the only one who survives. And at the end, she is trying to get her revenge on a character that she thinks is responsible for all this horror. And in the end, she can't even get her revenge on him. And she's just completely alone with all of her best friends dead. <laughs> and you just feel very bad for her. And this is a an arc that takes place over the course of the entire game. So when she falls to her knees and starts sobbing and everything, you're just like, geez, I feel really bad for you. Because the game telegraphs that she's going to be a warrior on your team. Like she has a very distinct kind of character design she seems kind of cool she's traveling with many of the other main characters you're going oh of course she's going to show up on my team she never does so (laughs) it's just their way of connecting you to the the world below and making you feel particularly bad for her Uh, another story that i really like is is lucian who is a a major character throughout the entire story and lucian when he finally dies and I apologize for the spoilers in this one, but he, the way he dies is that a pickpocket steals from a noble and the king's response is to send in the army and burn down the entire town and murder everybody. <laughs> and so it cuts to a scene of like the town just completely destroyed and the king's army on a rampage and everything and, Lucy, and Lucia, Lucian... Mm -hmm. takes an arrow to the chest and is going to die, you know? And it really kind of speaks to how dark Valkyrie Profile can get where even just such a simple act can result in the destruction of an entire village. It really highlights the brutality of this world in many Mm -hmm. ways. Uh, For me, I really liked uh, Yume's story, the, the mermaid girl who's mm. just trying to find her Lapis, parents. Lapis, I choose you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but just One trying... of Veronica Taylor's many roles in <laughs> Valkyrie Profile. Um, but yeah, just her trying to find her parents and going through everything and then throwing herself into the whirlpool after finding what had befell her father. And uh, uh, I always found that one kind of dragged on a little bit. Yeah. I enjoyed Mistina's story mm-hmm. just because I liked how haughty and arrogant she was. She showed a different area of the story. She was played by Jesse from Team Rocket. Again, large Pokemon anime connection to this game. <laughs> and the way she dies is pretty messed up. She just gets, she's in a trans body thing so she can leave her body and go wander around the world. Like astral projection. It's an astral projection machine. Yeah, pulls a Doctor and Strange. Yes, that too. And one of the main villains just walks up and freezes it. Freezes it shut so she's permanently stuck in spirit mode. <laughs> and that that scene also goes on for quite a long time. I kind of wish that you could just fast forward mm-hmm. uh, the various cutscenes. One of the many improvements that I would add to a remastered version of 
the Valkyrie profile. But as it stands, it's an enjoyable story with a great aesthetic. And I, there's some that pop up and you just go, yes, because it always, it teases you before Mm -hmm. a story is about to start where you hear the voices in the background, even though the characters aren't always necessarily talking, you can hear the spoken lines um, as Lenneth looks into the future. I thought that was a really great touch as well. I liked how Mistina mentions that she wants to haunt uh, Vizard a bit. I, well, Vizard deserves to be haunted because oh, if he were sure. in 2021, he would totally be canceled. He's a creep. Oh, super creep. Super crazy creep. But I, I got a little chuckle out of that. It's um, quite the Lolita complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, Mistina even says as much. She's like, he's a creep with a Lolita complex and a weird stalkery <laughs> obsession with Leneth. Yeah, it is very creepy. Uh, like, in all with that whole thing with Lazard and trying to, like, capturing the elf and trying to make um, homunculi and stuff to put Leneth in. And it gets very creepy. Very, very creepy. Just having test tubes of naked women just floating there, soulless. Mm-hmm. It creepy. He's, un- he's, he's unabashedly the villain. And- yes. He plays a major role in Valkyrie Profile Samaria for reasons that are eventually <clears throat> revealed. But he, <coughs> there's no doubt, I mean, even though he helps Valkyrie, like Leneth, accomplish her mission, there's no question about the fact that he's quite evil. and <laughs> He's not mm-hmm. a great guy. You don't really want to be working with him. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Leneth is, takes place after Silmaria, uh, Silmaria right? Yes, a few hundred it's, years later. Yeah, it's a it's a it's the final game in chronologically. It's quite confusing because uh <clears throat> Argrim and Lazard Veleth are in Silmaria. So you have to and and it's explained, but it's explained in a way that I found rather confusing. <laughs> so uh, I believe that they intended to address it somewhat some more in the original Valkyrie profile. But they did not. In fact, when you beat the game, all you get is a kind of an epitaph where it touches on the character, the loose threads that it's it leaves open with Brahms and Lazard and mm-hmm. I think somebody else as well. And so it's clearly setting the stage for Valkyrie, Valkyrie Profiles Sumeria, but at that time... It was kind of a, like, I'm surprised at how gutsy they were in saying that there would definitely be a sequel because Valkyrie Profile, it did very well in Japan, did not do well here. Yeah, the the whole idea, like, how the entire franchise or the series went, it's crazy to me that we haven't gotten, like, a new PlayStation version. Because, I mean, some some area at least managed to be a greatest hit on ps2 yeah did it i didn't think it sold very well yeah i remember valkyrie profile like consistently being a, like a b tier or c tier kind of seller like valkyrie profile on playstation was notably disappointing because it was part of enix's grand return to the united states and they put a lot of resources into making it happen and then it just came out at exactly the wrong time with basically no marketing, and then nobody bought mm-hmm. it. Surprise. Yeah. Whereas uh, Samaria, you know, it 
I don't, I'm not entirely sure how it did. Uh, apparently, if it got to be a greatest hit, it was good enough. It came out relatively late in the PS2's development cycle, as I recall. It came out in probably like 2006, 2007. So that was around the time the PS3 was already out. So again, uh, it got kind of overlooked in my view. And then finally, there was the the tactics RPG that came out on the Nintendo DS and the tactics RPG wasn't amazing. It, I mean, it, had, it was an interesting kind of thought experiment, but it kind mm-hmm. of also kind of didn't do extremely well. It didn't review particularly well. And then after that, the series just kind of like it had Square, a mobile this, game. Yes. By this time, Square, you know, Square and Enix had long since merged and it, seems like square enix just didn't know what to do with the series mm-hmm. except yeah. sell giant statues of valkyries <laughs> yeah and throw them into random crossover events with their other mobile games and give it its own yeah it got a mobile game in 2018 i want to say it's too bad because i think that if any of square like square has this thing for wanting to make open world action games if any Mm -hmm. if any character could translate readily into that scenario i think valkyrie profile could Mm -hmm. yeah but they um the part of the problem was that it was originally developed by triace and triace is still around sort of but has been more of a support studio in recent years hasn't uh, hasn't been doing extremely all that well um, and people keep asking, oh, where's going to be another Valkyrie profile? Can we have Valkyrie profile back? And they're like, the people over at Triace are like, we would love to make one. Ha ha. But we got a, we got a new star ocean before we got a new Valkyrie profile. And uh, I just, I don't have a lot of hope because Square yeah. doesn't tend to treat its history with much respect, unfortunately. No. It's. It's so strange to me because Square can make so much money easily. I feel like just be like, okay, we're here. Uh, Switch is getting a Final Fantasy collection. Here you go. Boom. There you go. Uh, oh, you want Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross on the Switch? Okay, here you go. Or Valkyrie Profile. Here you go. Uh, oh, you want Dragon Quest 4 through 6 and all those on uh, Switch or PC? Here you go. You can have those too. It's like these studios have such a treasure trove of properties and games they could throw on modern systems and they don't well square enix is a very large japanese multinational corporation that is very slow to pivot on things (laughs) they set up their ideas years in advance and then they go hey wait a minute this nintendo switch is pretty successful yeah (laughs) maybe we should put our games on it and they to their credit did port Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10, yeah. 12, all over yeah. to the Nintendo Switch, you go, first of all, who on earth greenlit those extremely horrible and ugly uh, iOS versions of Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6? That, that's a reasonable question to ask. Yeah. <clears throat> but also, why aren't Final Fantasy 1 through 6 on the Nintendo Switch? Well, mm-hmm. they might be working on them. We don't know. But... It's probably been uh, kind of slow going. Unfortunately, Square has been very hit and miss with its uh, its remakes and revivals and remasters. Yeah. Just like Secret of Mana is kind of case, uh, you know, very yeah. low, low budget game. 
that was 2.5D and very ugly and didn't do anything meaningful to improve upon Secret of Mana. Trials of Mana was better mm-hmm. in many respects, but not not amazing. Chrono Trigger had a lot of problems when it came on the PC. I already mentioned the extremely oh, yeah. horrible iOS ports. So I don't know. I would love a Valkyrie Profile HD remaster, but also I feel like that's a monkey paw situation because... It, yeah, it would probably be a what a, a low budget 2.5 D version that would strip away all of the charm and character of the original game. I think it what would be more likely is it would just be color blobs where all the characters wouldn't look have that crisp sprites artwork anymore. It would be that weird mm-hmm. blobby mess of color that they that they did for the iOS ports of like Final Fantasy five and six or um, the upcoming. Uh, saga frontier remastered um i think it would look a lot like the mobile game that they put out um of valkyrie profile not the not the port of the original valkyrie profile but the actual valkyrie profile mobile game uh yeah anatomia or whatever the origin Mm -hmm. i think it was Mm -hmm. that came out worldwide back in 2019 i guess that is a new valkyrie profile game it that's true that is true but um Another aspect that I still go back to, like I have it on my YouTube playlist, I love the soundtrack in this game. Yeah, it's an amazing soundtrack. Uh, One of the better ones. Uh, Kind of falls into generic electronic at points, but Mm -hmm. at the very least, you can kind of just uh, bob your head to the dance tunes while you're in the the dungeons. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely shares a lot of the same uh, like composition style as your Star Oceans do, considering they're by the same studio. Um, I enjoy the soft synth, and mm-hmm. there are some really good anthems, especially when Leneth is walking into a, a boss battle and is preparing to tell yet another demon that they are definitely being banished to hell, get the hence Oblivion awaits sea and all of that. Yep. So, yeah, like... There, there are a lot of really solid tracks. They're not extremely notable or extremely career, um, or extremely creative, but they are definitely earworms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'll occasionally put on the soundtrack to like old uh, PlayStation RPGs and stuff, and just listen. And uh, uh, the occasional Valkyrie profile will will pop up, and I'll enjoy it. But what are your favorites? Mm. I really like the one that plays when you're in Valhalla. Um, I just uh, just kind of gets me kind of hyped and kind of it's. I like to work to to that style, um, but that's a good one. I actually really like the the. I think it's called "Night to the Twilight of Everything," and it's this really dark tune that's like mournful that mm-hmm. plays usually whenever you're watching one of the scenes in which the characters are interacting before they die. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly there to reflect how, how horrible the world is and everybody is having a bad time. Mm -hmm. So um, slavery, interestingly is one of the like major themes of Valkyrie profile. Um, It really seems to be 
at pains to show that the world is a really tough place and people die and it's not fair and bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Again, it has this like really Baroque feel to it that you don't see in a lot of um, anime. And that particular track really, I think, reflects that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I'm curious, what was... Like, what do you think about the whole, like, scouting out envi- or areas and stuff, like, with the world map flying around um, aspect to it? Because I, I got lost a lot, especially the first couple, or, like, the first time I played this game. It doesn't have a waypoint marker, so it's really easy to not know exactly where you're supposed to be going, especially you've forgotten. Mm-hmm. And if you go down into a particular town or something just to wander around, A, you probably won't find anything and b you're going to accidentally waste a period because you only have x number of periods before you get to uh ragnarok so in that instance yeah you're right valkyrie profiles signposting isn't amazing (laughs) better pay attention to where it tells you to go to next or else you're going to be like where am i supposed to go in my most recent playthrough which i did on twitch there were more than a few instances of like oh shit i wasn't paying attention where was i supposed to be going yeah, I uh, I know it took me a while to kind of get used to the style and especially the the time based mechanic of it because especially back in that day, like we didn't personas didn't incorporate like this time like the time mechanic or calendar mechanic uh, calendar system. Uh, so there wasn't many there weren't many games out there that kind of force you to complete it in a set number, like you said, turns. So adjusting to that kind of kind of took me a while and I had to admittedly start over a couple times because I just couldn't quite wrap my head around it. There was another game that came out that same year that made use of time mechanics. You know which one it was? Vagrant Story? The Legend of Zelda Majora's oh. Mask. Oh, which that's right. Was Obviously a very different game in many ways, but was also time limited and seemed to be really into the notion of having a set number of days to be able to complete your task. And what's interesting about Valkyrie Profile is if you play on normal, you actually have less time to be able to get through everything, which is why it makes it a lot that much harder to get the best ending. Whereas in hard mode, it's actually not as hard... It, it's actually, in some ways, a lot easier to get the best ending because you have so much more time to, A, take on uh, bonus dungeons and that kind of thing, and B, to just kind of wander around and, uh, I don't know, go to Brahms's castle and see what's up there. Oh, you've just tripped one of the requirements to get to the best ending. Perfect. Done. Nice. I At least in... Majora's Mask, though, you could just play the Ocarina and reset the three days. Yes, you could. That's why I meant it was very different yeah. in its own way. So, but, uh, so what would you want to see in a proper, like, third Valkyrie pro- profile game? Or Valkyrie profile? I'm not sure, honestly. I guess that a proper third Valkyrie profile game would be Valkyrie profile Hurist because we've already had the Lenneth game. We've had the Silmaria game. So give mm-hmm. me, give me the point of view from the dark sister as it were. But 
I think that the thing is, is that the original Valkyrie profile was basically perfect and a really unique story. And I don't think you can really top it. So I think that you would have to really rethink the structure of the game and how you're approaching it. Interestingly, I often half jokingly refer to Lightning Returns as the the Lost Valkyrie Profile sequel because <laughs> it's, it's the urban legend is that Valkyrie Profile or sorry Lightning Returns was originally going to be a Valkyrie Profile game and then it really? became uh, it got repurposed into a Final Fantasy 13 game. So I think that playing lightning returns like if you replace lightning with valkyrie mm-hmm. i think that could have been a very cool concept for a valkyrie profile game but oh, yeah i don't think that it's ever going to happen unfortunately yeah it's i would be curious to see i'm with you i'd love to see christ's uh kind of point of view and see how that goes but i'm gonna be curious to see if in a world in an age of kickstarted kickstarted spiritual successors if we will see a very similar valkyrie profile-esque kickstarter event um that is very doubtful of this thing but i do think that there is a certain amount of cult love for the original valkyrie profile Mm -hmm. uh i think that suikoden probably has even a bit more cult love and that's probably because suikoden continued all the way onto the playstation 2 with Suikoden, like, 3, 4, and 5. Mm-hmm. So it was able to cultivate a, a pretty large audience over time. And, of course, Suikoden 2 is held in very high regard. I feel like Valkyrie Profile is fairly obscure, so I don't know if it would get the same level of hype. I know that I would certainly be hyping it if uh, somebody came out and made a spiritual successor that fit within, uh, that was similar enough. I think the problem is, the thing that you have to get right with a Valkyrie profile, spiritual successor or true successor or whatever, mm-hmm. is the problem with Valkyrie profile Samaria was that it was too linear. It really wanted to be much more of a straightforward JRPG, and it was kind of boring in that regard. Whereas the original Valkyrie profile was much more open-ended. It had a unique structure that it played around with. I really liked the character recruitment had a lot of interesting decisions to be made that wasn't really present in Samaria. It played mm-hmm. with the structure of the RPG in many ways that uh, a lot of RPGs really did not. And so to me, that remains, it remains memorable to me all these years later. And to a degree, Valkyrie Profile, the, the tactics RPG that came out on the Nintendo DS, also, coming into the plume, also played with the the style and the structure of a tactics RPG. Now, it did kind of railroad you a little bit and kind of pull the rug out from under you by presenting you with a mechanic that you honestly should not be using ever. (laughs) It's almost like this weird thought experiment going, hey, here's a mechanic that's very useful. You cannot use it. It is a temptation that you must never use or you'll get a bad ending. And it's kind of a gotcha, which is a little unfair. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I kind of appreciate the gumption of doing that. I appreciate the boldness and the experimentation. So in that respect, I think Covenant of the Plume is more faithful to the original Valkyrie profile than Samaria ever was. So I would like any Valkyrie profile revival or spiritual successor to follow along on that spirit, that willingness 
to play with your expectations and surprise you. Now, would you want it, the gameplay of it to be more based around the original version, the more action RPG, or would you want them to kind of continue to evolve and fine-tune kind of the more tactic style from the DS version? Oh, definitely I would want the turn-based slash uh, combo input version that they had in Valkyrie Profile, but I would want them... One thing that was good about Samaria was that they did a really good job of actually evolving the battle system. One of the things that I really enjoyed was breaking off the individual... So you could run around in 3D, and you could flank an enemy boss, and then you could go to 2D, and you could hack off parts of an enemy and then use those parts to i believe refine new equipment and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. it was actually kind of neat in that regard and i thought that they did a pretty good job overall of deepening and building upon the original battle system from valkyrie profile which was all overall very good so i would i think that I would like a modern take on Valkyrie Profile's battle system, which was generally very strong, but it had a problem with being too repetitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can hear that. I'm just glad the game had like a, that training mode where you could practice and get used to uh, your combos with all your different Ein Harriar. What was the training mode? I don't remember it very well. Um, no, you could go in and practice with your different uh, combo uh your 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 focals oh interesting i don't think i ever did that uh i was always doing that in the heat of battle i suppose (laughs) um but yes uh you are able to i don't remember the exact steps but let me it's practice um but yeah, in practice mode, the enemies are invulnerable, and it gives you an opportunity to set up the different attacks and see uh, how it works. Um, Punching bag. Yeah. We are not the only people that love this game, so it's time to go around the web. User Shayla's uh, Shayla Zach. Uh, shellac zeal from reddit they say just the general atmosphere really i dabble in sound engineering so i'm sensitive towards sound and how atmospheric it can be most jrpgs do the bare minimum when it comes to sound heavily depend uh heavily depend on music and heavily depend on music however valkyria profiles and a few of triace's games are kind of different I mean, watching the opening cutscene alone is enough to see the difference. The ambience, the sound effect, wow. Yeah, the sound effects are wonderful in Valkyrie Profile. They they love to use bells and that kind of thing in a lot of the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the whisper of the wind. They like to have quiet, con- contemplative moments. I really enjoy the opening, honestly where Leneth is just looking over a beautiful landscape and thinking, and then she says, how nostalgic, and then you see her walking down the road while the music is playing. And it compared to a lot of RPGs of that time, it was uh, quiet in a way that I uh, really appreciate. Um, or when you see the, the camera panning down across Valhalla, which looks gorgeous, 
mm-hmm. with a with the the ringing of what sounds like wedding bells, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. They really they really are thoughtful about the soundscape of uh, Valkyrie Profile. And I love the the battle, uh, like as you start combat, like all the different quotes and lines that Lennon shoots out, like to my side, my Ein Harry are like still. It's like that's so bad. It's the first to time. To my I heard side, that. noble Ein Harry are battle yep. awaits thee. Um, yeah, no, exactly. I really enjoy that too. And actually, that was one of the things that disappointed me the most about Samaria was that it was more professional in many ways. Like there was some very bad voice acting in the English localization of Valkyrie Profile. But Somaria was also more sedate. It was more conventional. Mm-hmm. And where Lenneth would say, to my side, my noble line, Harry, are, come to me, dark warriors. She, uh, Somaria, or not Somaria, whatever her name was, the human princess who was carrying Somaria would say, must we fight this battle? And I'm like, no, 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 you need to be wanting to fight that battle. Yes, you mm-hmm. must fight that battle. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, I put some unspa into it. My point is, the cheese is the point. The corniness yeah. is the point. That's what makes Valkyrie Profile have this wonderful texture to it. Truth, truth. Want to take the next one? Why? Yes, yes, I would. And the uh, the next one is, um, sorry. No, no, you're good. Cat uh, in a pointy hat from Reddit says, Being told my performance was magnificent by Freya just makes me giggle about your performance. It was magnificent. I know that's stupid. I normally don't do that praise blush thing. It must be your voice. But every time I, can, I can't help it. Yeah, I think that because there's always that pause, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you've completed a period and you're in the process of getting your performance evaluated by Freya and if you're doing really poorly she will you know yell at you but it's actually quite easy to do extremely well (laughs) but there will be a pause she's like about your performance it is magnificent so (laughs) there's that uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Simpsons saying I really hope that the Atlanta Falcons end up winning that's right. I'm definitely rooting for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a, that kind of um, that weird, awkward transition that Valkyrie Profile somehow makes memorable. It's true. It's true. One of many things. Next up, we have user LeBlight from Reddit. The music, obviously. Matoy Sakuraba's best. Valhalla, epic poem to sacred death, tomorrow... The name of his people is fear, turn over a new leaf, behave irrationally, and the battle quotes, just like Star Ocean 2. I can, and have, quote them all fucking day. To my side, my noble Ein Harriar. Now die and be silent. Hmm, getting the attention of a goddess isn't very easy, is it? Twould be better for you to have died. You have reaped what you have sowed. Shit was lit. Yeah. <laughs> Shit was lit, wasn't it? Shit was lit. That put slap that on the back of the box in the with the remaster Valkyrie profile shit was lit. I'd be all you gotta put. Oh yeah, that's all you gotta put. Uh, Umking nine 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 from Reddit said the entire game is just incredibly unique from start to finish. 
dungeon navigation is unique, the way you purchase items is unique, the storytelling is unique, the combat system is, you guessed it, unique. The art style is unmistakably unique, where they opt for more realistic portraits and character proportions. I still remember a quote from EGM's review of the game, paraphrased, while everyone else was trying to be Final Fantasy, Trius made something original. Often, <coughs> someone might describe a game as something that plays like another game, but it's kind of hard to do with Valkyrie Profile, because not many games that came after play like it. Even its sequel, Valkyrie Profile Samaria, another game I loved to death, played more like a conventional RPG by trading some of the unique mechanics and storytelling of Valkyrie Profile 1 with something more familiar. Just the other day, I started another run of Valkyrie Profile because it's been a while and just wanted to replay the game again because I think it's magical. Every day I keep hoping that Square Enix makes a new entry in the series because I think it's fantastic. Yes, I think that's what spoke to me about Valkyrie Profile originally as well is that it's just a unique, original, and interesting game. One that it's not like a lot of RPGs out there in any way, shape, or form. And I'm also a huge sucker for any game where you're recruiting characters and have a large pool of characters who all have fancy costumes that I can put into my party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I think this is definitely one of those games where I hope people, or I hope Square uh, gives it another do, like kind of revive, tries to breathe some life into it, kind of what they're doing with the Saga and Mana series uh, the past couple years. Um, I would love them to put kind of the same care or effort into reviving Valkyrie uh, Valkyrie Profile, the Ogre and Tactics Ogre games. Um, all of those need, uh, need to be exposed to a brand new audience, I feel. Next up, we have user Meggy Dolan from Reddit. Pretty much everything, but if I had to pick, I would say the very beginning. The story of Platina and how she was going to be sold and died while trying to escape with her only friend was incredible. Even the young little me, who would be eager for gameplay after an hour-long introduction, was perfectly happy to just sit and watch it and take it this take in the sad story that was made better that was made better combined with awesome music. You know, if there was one game I'd happily buy again from Square Enix are both Valkyrie profile games. I'd love to play the second one again with all the bells and whistles modern gaming has to offer. You and me both, but yep. alas, they will not be... They just will not let me buy their game again. Damn it, Square, let us spend money on you. <laughs> but they don't want our money. They don't. It's and uh, Radanax from Reddit says, Every moment with Lazard, guy is nuts. I have to agree that he, I really enjoy his voice acting. Like whoever they found to be the English voice actor was just so over the top with that extremely nerdy voice of his. And I was kind of sad that they either recast or just redid the voice in Silmaria because he was far less crazy and thus far less fun. Mm-hmm. Still creepy though. Still really creepy. Still very creepy. Super creepy. Shit was not lit. Super creep. Super creep. <laughs> That's super creepy. Um, but yes, thank you to everyone who submitted your favorite memories and moments. I very much appreciate it. As always, down in the show notes, you will find links to the subreddits where you can share your own memories and favorite moments from Valkyrie Profile or Valkyrie Profile Linux. Can't wait to read them.
Now, let's say after you've heard Kat and I gush about this game, you're wondering and thinking to yourself, wow, this sounds fun. Where can I get it? Well, we are here to help you. According to uh, price charting as of today, as of recording, the loose price uh, for the PlayStation 1 version will net you about, will cost you at about $140, $150. If you want complete in box price, you're looking at around $280 to $300, and new price, $550 plus. Uh, this is a very, because it's a later generation PlayStation 1 game and there weren't many prints of it this the playstation version is pretty pricey but if you go on ebay you're bound to get a bunch of hits uh so you can find it it's just going to cost you um now if you want the psp version uh it's considerably less painful um but a loose umd will cost you about 19 to 20 dollars complete inbox will be about 40 with a brand new copy uh, going for about 60 to 65 right now. Um, that'll be harder to play, of course, because it's proprietary UMD, and PSPs might be getting rather difficult to find right now. So either way, um, it's definitely the cheaper option, and of course it's on mobile devices as well. Or it was at one point, I don't know if it still is, honestly, and... Cat, uh, do you know was this ever released digitally on the PSP store? I know it, the PlayStation version was it, but was Lenith? No, unfortunately, it's okay. just really dang hard to play this game. Yeah, it's difficult, and you... it's quite remarkable how expensive it's gotten because there was a point where you could get the complete in box for about eighty dollars or thereabouts, and but I've seen the pandemic really push certain games up because people are just playing their old favorites right so they're vacuuming up these games off uh, mm -hmm. ebay and the whatnot so the fact that just the disc will cost you 140 dollars is completely nuts but i will never sell my copy i love it so much it will yeah. be on my shelf forever physical games for life uh but yes those are where you can find it so now let's say you have managed to grab yourself a copy and you're a feeling a bit overwhelmed well we have you covered as well with some tips or advice for brand new players to the valkyrie profile game uh series so cat what tips or advice would you give brand new players well i prefer lena's bowed or Sar sword for the most part because i find it just easier to combo with it and you can do a surprising amount of damage with it and mostly what you want to do is get an enemy up to uh, you know, the 100 so that you can start chaining together purified weird souls. And so I found the bow just more intuitive in that regard. I think more forgiving. I also, in the vein of trying to consistently get purified weird souls off, uh, you want weapons with multiple attacks. It's better than a strong weapon with one or just two attacks. If you can get three, it's kind of the best. And then you should really be paying attention to which attacks are on that weapon because that can go a long way toward determining whether or not you're able to easily build combos and break guards. Guts is an amazing ability. You should give it to every single character because when they die, they will come back to life. And that is especially useful if an enemy is using great magic. That would be the magic that has them intoning something like no mercy for the damned, has thou no escape from the grasp of catastrophe, meteor swarm. Um, 
yeah, if you get something like that, you're definitely going to want guts. Just saying. Um, you should only send a maximum of one warrior up per cycle. And make sure you visit Bronze's Castle in the Weeping Lily Meadow. No reason. Just do it. <laughs> Great advice to be sure. And for me, like I mentioned earlier, take advantage of the training or practice mode. It's available in the party uh, the party menu. So select that. But it's a great way to get a grasp on getting your combo strings going and getting them high, which will improve uh, the amount of experience orbs and treasures you get out of each fight that you come across. Also, for your first playthrough, I just rec- recommend playing it for fun, not necessarily worrying about trying to get the best ending. Just play through, see what you uh, find, and uh, just going through naturally. And then on subsequent playthroughs, go through with a guide to try and get the the best endings or the other endings that you didn't get. And I would also recommend play through the game on hard. It's a bit more difficult, but it will even out as you go on and you get uh, better abilities and better weapons. Um, But by playing on hard, you will not lock yourself out of uh, some dungeons and um, other areas that you can only access on the hard difficulty. So that would be my advice. That's actually one of the things that I really enjoyed about Valkyrie Profile is that you get basically a different game when you play it on hard mode. And mm-hmm. just a lot of content in this game. Even if you play it on yeah. easy, you get different. I think you get unique dungeons is there, there as well and unique characters perhaps. So it's uh, there's a lot of reasons to keep replaying Valkyrie Profile. It's a big yeah. game. But it's also not that long. You can knock out a playthrough of Valkyrie Profile in less than 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed but we are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode the monster or enemy of the week cat what enemy are you throwing into the arena this week well this week i'm gonna throw in barbarossa that would be the big headless suit of armor who proves to be an unexpectedly tough boss fight you meet him in japan which is one of the more memorable sequences you have no idea what the heck is up with him you just see a giant headless suit of armor with a big old sword who seems to be in a very bad mood and you're like okay i guess i fight him this guy that's hanging out near a guillotine and he turns to be a very tough boss fight he wields great magic he will really mess you up and you beat him and you're like okay thank god i beat that guy and then he comes back to life. You gotta do it all over again because Valkyrie Profile sometimes just does that. And maybe you <laughs> forgot to save. I hope you remember to save because <laughs> if you die, <laughs> too bad. Uh, but I, it kicks off one of the most memorable quests, which would be Lena's time traveling adventure, and ultimately plays a big role in Valkyrie Profile Sumeria as well. So, Barbarossa Ooh. definitely one of the most memorable moments of the game. There you go. And with Barbarossa, he has 62,700 HP. His attack is 7,000 with magic 5,000. His uh, RDM value is 200 with RST is 300. Uh, His defense is average and avoidance is average as well. He's not weak to anything. He doesn't drop anything. He doesn't give you any uh, experience either. Um, his attacks include Attack, Charge, Dignity, Mayhem, Hellfire, and Malice Grudge. And the spells he will be letting loose on you include Firestorm, Firelance, Lightning Bolt, Calamity Blast, and Guard Reinforce. And sometimes he takes uh, the turn first and sometimes counterattacks. So 
be sure to, like Kat said, be sure to save before you fight this boss. It is a bit of a challenge, um, but eventually you and your noble Einherjar will prove victorious. And then go on a cool time uh, warping adventure, so it's all good. That is going to do it for another episode of RPGU. Kat, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course, of course. Uh, but where can people find you? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug your stuff. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. I also host a weekly podcast. Uh, I think we mentioned it earlier. It's called Axe of the Blood God. It's about all things RPGs. If you're listening to this podcast, probably you're going to like it. And we are coming up on our 300th episode, and I don't know when this episode is coming out, but we're doing a live recording on Thursday, which is going to be very exciting. Our community is going to be there. We are going to be paying tribute to all of the RPG pioneers from Dragon Quest to Ultima Four to Wizardry, talking about how they changed the genre. 300 episodes is pretty amazing. We also have the patreon patreon.com slash bloodgodpod we have a lot of unique content for our listeners every month we do a pantheon of the blood god episode that includes lufia 2 and skies of arcadia and final fantasy 8 and this month we're doing system shock 2 and we also Ooh. recently did a patron only tribute to the 35th anniversary of the legend of zelda so you can go get that as well lots of great content over on the Axe of the Blood God feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Perfect. Definitely give them a listen. It's a fantastic podcast. Definitely one of the best RPG podcasts out there. So give them a follow and uh, listen to them. They're great folks. But Thank you so much. Of course, of course. But thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can always share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. And as always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed. Bye. <laughs>